Volume two, chapter fifteen of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter fifteen. What a mere dungeon is this house! By no means large enough, and was it, yet this dull room and that dark closet, those hangings with their worn out graces, long beards, long noses, and pale faces are such an antiquated scene they overwhelm me with the spleen cowper far different was the march of events and the tone of conversation at spalding court there no cares prevailed for the future no uneasiness for the present no one remembered to turn the hour-glass and time was only admeasured by the exhaustion succeeding to pleasure by the glittering chandelier succeeding to the golden daylight by the pillow of down yielding respite from the brilliancy of both no moral responsibility appeared to moderate the glee of its thoughtless inmates little did lord wyndham spalding suspect into what a scrape his counsels carelessly given and his measures imperfectly taken had betrayed his friend arthur armitage little did he imagine to what unfair imputations his assiduities mechanically tendered were beginning to expose his friend arthur armitage's pretty wife so long as he had the celadon sesaginaire the squire leonidas lomax to mystify and a prospect of the payment of his debts to secure a pleasant winter at paris his lordship was tolerably indifferent to men women and things interested in nothing half so much as the success of a potage a la reine composed of blanc de fouisin and a puree of filberts for which he had just condescended to describe an inedited recipe of carême's for the benefit of his father's or rather his mother's chef de cuisine i have a proposition to make you said he entering one morning after breakfast the music-room where marian was playing a mazurka and lady emily mclaren assiduously rehearsing it will you both ride with me this morning as far as the grange where is the grange said lady emily and what and why do you want us to go there the where i answer by eight miles off through a series of secluded woodlands the what by one of the most curious architectural relics of the middle ages remaining in england the why by to see two sapient wiseacres make especial asses of themselves but i can see that without going so far answered her little ladyship still persisting in her pirouettes as to your middle ages they have left us nothing in the shape of dwelling-houses but a series of rickety closets with high wainscots and low ceilings and as to your woodlands i desire nothing more secluded in the way of a ride than the brighton downs or constitution hill but in your catalogue of attractions cried marian to lord wyndham you have omitted those living relics of the middle ages the miss marinhams i hate the sight of old maids cried lady emily i saw nothing else for the first ten years of my life mamma had apartments at hampton court if you prefer the sight of young ones observed marian there is nothing so pretty to be seen as rosamond devonport rosamond devonport and who is rosamond devonport 
cried lady emily that is just the question i overheard downham asking this morning after breakfast of the lomax creature who had been raving about her as the most beautiful girl the loveliest work of nature in the county of york and when i found that the blockhead had actually fired my brother's fancy so far as to drive over with him in his pelham and take an observation of this bright particular star i began to tremble for my airship presumptive i who have so long succeeded in persuading downham that he was trop cupidon to find a psyche worthy of his curls and complexion that by marrying as the french machiavel said of place-giving he would make a hundred discontented and one ungrateful i to be cheated of my strawberry leaves by a democrate decrasse who seems bent upon manufacturing rivals for himself parole d'honneur ça n'aurait pas de nom so for charity's sake come and bear me company in my preventive service campaign let us make our appearance not single spies but in battalions is this fair rosamond really then so fair demanded lady emily never saw her replied lord wyndham arranging the tears of his own whisker curls at a pocket glass indeed you have she sat opposite to you at supper at the holywell ball said marian that pretty little thing tricked out with carnations and old point like a bergere en porcelaine de saxe exactly and you want me to ride eight miles through the dust to prevent lord downham from marrying a dresden china shepherdess i shall do no such thing cried lady emily yes you will said winsome wynne smiling significantly at marian for these marinhams are the fiercest whigs in yorkshire and if once they make downham their own i suppose we must go said lady emily to mrs arthur armytage who desired nothing better than a pleasant ride so let us make a virtue of necessity and their habits were soon on and the horses soon ordered and all three soon making their sauntering way across the country through cornfields green lanes and overshading wood with a pale honeysuckle hanging fancifully from its boughs the startled woodpecker uttering its shrill note of consternation or the solitary stoat flitting stealthily across its unfrequented paths the knight and his gentle ladies twain escorted by a trusty squire wearing the colours of the house of spalding went pricking along the greenwood as might those of chaucer ariosto or cavalcanti but alas there was little chivalrous in their jests or fays their talk god wot was of the smallest scandal fashion politics shakespeare and the musical glasses and this then is the grange ejaculated lady emily when at length they reached the moated gate well i admit it to be worth a visit a place for catamole to paint and people with men in armour and women in farthingales how comes it you never brought me here before because there is a deadly feud between these people and ours a war as of crusader and saracen nothing but old lomax's safe conduct would have obtained admittance for my brother nothing but that of an armitage yours and mine 
you should have told me so before we set yonder cracked topsin jangling see the ancient serving-man is hobbling down the steps perhaps the monsters will be rude to us to lady emily mclaren the high priestess of the tories no doubt they will said his lordship coolly tickling with the end of his whip the nose of a grotesque mask forming part of the decorations of the gothic portal under which they were waiting what could tempt you then to bring me here she exclaimed getting really annoyed for the satisfaction of seeing your colour rise as it does just now which is vastly becoming they do not know you by sight lady emily observed marian heedlessly lord wyndham can announce you as lady marscourt thank you when the nearest peerage might inform them that lady marscourt is eight and forty lord wyndham bit his lips and smiled as little as he could let me then introduce you as my aunt lady o'moran whose name is not in the peerage and who i am quite certain was never seen in yorkshire do there would be some triumph in mystifying the creatures pray are lord downham and mr lomax here inquired lord wyndham of the servant wishing to ascertain whether the scheme could be attempted in safety there's no lord whatsoever residing here mumbled the deaf old man this be the grange and belongs to my young missus's the miss maranhams i know my good fellow i know we are come to visit your young missus's but have they no other visitors with them at present no there was an old injy gentleman that comes courting miss diana and another young chap with him an hour agone said the surly porter mollifying as he caught sight of the coronet and crest on the livery button of the spalding court groom but they are away again too late you see thanks to the age and a half required by the ladies to change their peignoirs for their amazon said his lordship reproachfully to his companions well at least we may have a glimpse of the dresden shepherdess and he gave their names to the old man who little accustomed to announce strange visitors simplified them into a gentleman and two ladies as he ushered the party into the sitting-room we need not have distressed ourselves to find an alias said lady emily peevishly to lord wyndham on the threshold but he did not answer his attention was riveted by the picturesque character of the scene within occupying her usual seat a high-backed ebony chair placed in the deep recess of the elizabethan window the pale invalid margaret maranham was winding a skein of silk from the hands of rose devonport who knelt at her feet one single ray of sunshine glancing through the half-closed oaken shutter and shining upon the long silken curls adorning her sweet and smiling face everything there was ancient and time-worn but rose the old parlour the carpeting of faded tapestry the grim pictures in their dusky frames the heavy overwrought cornices the cold chilly-looking spinstress but rose was bright as a cloudless summer day all flowers sunshine and happiness having risen from her knees to welcome mrs arthur armitage with whom she was well acquainted and to go through the forms of introduction to the two strangers she led marian to the window to be presented to the clay-coloured figure in the chair 
and in reply to miss margaret's inquiries after her good friend mrs armytage and sophia the visitor had only courage to reply i am not at holywell at present i rode over from spalding court with lord wyndham spalding and my aunt and miss margaret bowed mechanically to lord wyndham and the aunt while rose devonport having taken care to find seats for them at some distance from the window observed that miss maranham was too great an invalid to enter much into society and immediately began conversing with all the ease and grace of a person with whom good sense and good feeling supply the place of knowledge of the world they talked of the holywell ball the expected gaieties of the races of the beauties of the neighbourhood of the curious antiquity of the old manor-house as if long and intimately acquainted winsome wynne was enchanted he thought his bergere exquisitely lovely and began to trust in earnest what he had hitherto affected to hope in jest that lord downham had not been successful in procuring a glimpse of the cynosure of the grange as you were never here before said rose when at length subjects of discourse grew scarce perhaps you would like to take a view of our enchanted castle we are very proud of our screen of trees lady emily protested against the possibility of walking five hundred yards in a riding habit but on marian and lord wyndham expressing great curiosity she agreed to rest herself then return and immediately assumed a lounging attitude in the stiff gilt leather chair in which she was seated and which seemed to promise anything but repose while the three others after traversing the gloomy old hall in which two trophies of rusty arms were tastelessly displayed stepped upon the terrace whose velvet turf the result of many hundred years of care and symmetrical down-feathering trees presented a feature almost as peculiar as the mansion again lord wyndham was enchanted just however as marian was beginning to make inquiries of her young companion concerning the holywell dinner-party which she found the maranhams had really attended they espied mistress di in proper person coming towards them habited in her usual amazonian fashion and looking much like the effigy of the chevalier d'eon as the frontispiece of some popular magazine of the last century but mistress di was out of sorts something had transpired in the course of the visit of the old ingy gentleman to render her always abrupt manners more than usually ungracious and not being at liberty to quarrel with her visitors she took occasion to vent her spleen by scolding poor rose for bringing out marian and lord wyndham without having first introduced them to the luncheon-room in vain did they both protest that they needed no refreshment mistress di was according to her custom peremptory when they regained the house miss devonport hastened to invite the lounging lady to join the party and as lady emily followed her into the dining-room marian found it indispensable to reply to the scrutinising glances of mistress di by a formal introduction she almost trembled as she named to the cross but shrewd old woman 
my aunt lady o'moran but she trembled still more when her hostess in a stern voice repeated your what who my aunt lady o'moran rose child go to my sister my sister wants you remain with my sister cried mistress di not deigning to return lady emily's negligent bow and almost turning her back upon marian nothing could be plainer to all parties than that their absurd subterfuge was discovered lord wyndham however was not to be easily disconcerted and as they sat down to a table richly and plenteously spread he engaged the old lady in a conversation which left her no leisure to make herself disagreeable he admired in the tone of a connoisseur the curious service of embossed delft of at least a century's antiquity the finely wrought silver tankards the characteristic carving of the old eating-chamber with its stag's heads music gallery and buttery hatch praised the highly spiced brawn and a yorkshire pie which he chose to call poulard d'essoceo finerbe with sundry other dainties such as may be found on provincial tables provided with an old-fashioned cook and cookery-book and whose quotidian fare is daily blessed by his ghostly reverence a chaplain but while he talked to mistress di he attended silently to his fair companions for not one word of civility did their hostess deign to address to either lady emily in sullen silence sugared her golden raspberries while marian affected to busy herself with a tawny-cheeked apricot both heartily wishing themselves back at spalding court we do not boast like your mother the duchess six acres of glass in our garden said the old lady when lord wyndham did justice to the exquisite flavour of her fruit but with a southern wall and stocks grafted from those which my great-grandfather's friend king william sent over to him from the hague we can produce an apricot worth eating the overgrown washy things your famous horticultural societies are poisoning the country with appear to my palate little better than pumpkins and when i see people like the wemmersleys your mother's toadies with a park like a billiard-table and a house like a bird-cage growing turnips and pretending to call them pineapples i must own it puts me into conceit with our golden pippins the only ones i fancy remaining in england pray order the horses whispered marian to lord wyndham under cover of this dissertation greatly alarmed lest they should not quit the house without an explosion of wrath from mistress di we appear to have driven miss devonport away i am greatly afraid we have deprived miss devonport of her luncheon said he rising and making a signal from the window to the groom shall we not have an opportunity of offering her our compliments before we go miss devonport is very well where she is said the old lady without the least ceremony looking fiercely at his two companions who were preparing for departure i admit my dear madam that i am an unwarrantable trespasser here resumed his lordship pretending to take her displeasure upon himself but under sanction of mrs arthur armytage i trusted you would condescend to accept even the homage of a spalding 
i need not say how much satisfaction it would give my father and mother if you could be induced to think the distance to spalding court a less insuperable obstacle than formerly distance is never an obstacle to a visit i wish to pay was the blunt reply i choose my own friends and acquaintances and i hope i know how to behave to them when people choose me they must take me as it suits my humour to be found and again she looked fiercely at the retreating figures of marian and lady emily certainly certainly the duchess will be quite contented with any humour you consider becoming or find convenient said he trying the moral experiment of a rough grasp upon the nettle provided you accept her own courtesies in return and once more he pleaded for a renewal of acquaintanceship between the families your elder brother has been already here on the same fool's errand said di and i told him as i now tell you that forty years ago your father the duke used to come ambling to the grange much as you have done to-day ask him why he made an end of his visits and i will tell you why i refuse yours my lord good morning while you have been wasting your time with me the two individuals whom i trust i have seen here for the last time have been obliged to accept the services of your groom and lord wyndham's audacity being now at fault he was obliged to obey her pompous gesture of dismissal and make his parting bow could one have believed that such a specimen of the barbarous ages still existed in civilised great britain cried lady emily very audibly as he leapt upon his horse looking through her glass at the open window of the eating-room where she had left mrs di then having recovered her sang-froid sufficiently to get through three or four bars of adieu thou dreary pile she touched her horse and led the way across the old drawbridge what a visit said marian recovering her breath what a woman responded lady emily what an angel sighed lord wyndham who mistress marinham cried both ladies miss devonport that hecate had completely driven her out of my head said lady emily but now you remind me of her allow me to put in an early claim for wedding favours from the marquis and marchioness of downham no such thing i intend to marry her myself you you will never marry mortal woman unless mrs glass has left a granddaughter retorted her ladyship no it will be just the thing for our friend downham his popularity wants refreshing and a very pretty wife whom nobody ever saw or heard of picked fresh and fragrant like a strawberry in a wood will be just the thing to bring him once more into vogue but that dreadful old woman cried marian unable to forget the fright she had received oh dreadful old women and charming young ones become alike placable to dukes apparent said lady emily everything is in favour of the match a difference of religion of politics of rank of fortune all of which must create a thousand difficulties most attractive to an enterprising young man such as lord downham 
i shall give him my advice and encouragement the moment i am safe at spalding court and by no means inclined to forgive lord wyndham for having decoyed her into a snare and exposed her to di's impertinence she persisted throughout the remainder of the ride in tormenting him in the same strain entre nous was his final reply i fancy we had better keep our own counsel respecting this unlucky visit and its results no one likes to pass for a malencontreux and you will find the laugh decidedly against us and our expedition to the grange End of volume 2, chapter 15